Hey guys, this is Sarah Beth, and you are listening to episode 35 of the Simply 127 podcast. Today's guest is a real-life friend of mine, Gary Freeman. Gary and I met through a program called New City Fellows. New City Fellows is a leadership cohort run through Raleigh's Center for Public Christianity. If anyone would like to know more about that, feel free to reach out. Gary has worked for nine years in the nonprofit world and has just started his own nonprofit a few months ago. So he and I have been chatting a little bit this afternoon on all the mistakes that I've made and how he could avoid them. Uh, I'd love for you just to tell us a little bit about your story, your history, your family. Yeah. Um, what are the main kind of exciting things in the life of Gary Freeman? Ooh, wow. Um, <laughs> I wouldn't say exciting unless it's involving my four-year-old, but um, to kind of go back a little bit. So um, originally from Chesapeake, Virginia, um, grew up in the loved 757 area. Um, but yeah, so... Uh, grew up there, was uh, able to actually um, get a football scholarship um, to East Carolina University. Um, I jumped through a lot there <laughs> because we were going to come back in a, in a sense. But Yeah, um, from birth to college. Birth to college, that's how I go. <laughs> um, but yeah, but in that process, there was a lot because um, I was the son of a pastor and just what that process looked like over time. So growing up in that house, um, it's like, oh my gosh, you know, you grew up, your dad was a pastor, everybody, but it was like we had a horrible relationship. Like it wasn't, wasn't good. There was a lot of things where, um, the bad parts of ministry is what I consistently saw. Mm -hmm. So, um, by the time I got to this college aspect is like, okay, I'm a division one football player. got a full ride. I don't need this church and Jesus stuff anymore. I'm good. You've arrived. I'm here. (laughs) This is what I worked for. And that was kind of like, you know, football was my idol. So, so yeah, so it was a lot that went on in the home that really just kind of like wounded me over time Mm because I didn't even know until actually being a father myself and the first part of my marriage, um, all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, so, um, was able to play, uh, was able to play as a true freshman, experiencing success and all this kind of stuff, but then kind of moved into, um, a place of just, Man, depression almost, where it was kind of like I got hurt my senior year. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm thinking I'm about to go to NFL. Everything is lining up for that. And then, boom, I tear my quad. Um, It's like fifth or sixth game of the season. So ended up playing through that. And then that's kind of where um, things just started coming in perspective of being able to know who Jesus is for real. Mm -hmm. Um, And not based off of, you know, just kind of my background. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So you got serious about your relationship with the Lord yes. towards the end of college. Yeah, senior year. So July 2006 um, okay. is when I put my faith and trust in Jesus. And yeah. I was like, all right, here we go. And then things got crazy. <laughs> so, so yeah. Yeah. I feel like we're, we're kind of, kind of jump around a little bit because you and I are, yeah. are, that's kind of our personalities. But, um, Obviously, we're on a podcast about people living out James one twenty seven and yeah. caring for the fatherless. So, I'd love just for you to share a little bit. Maybe you start with your new thing that you're doing now, but also yeah. just kind yeah. of how God grew this interest in fatherhood and a passion mm-hmm. to um, care for the fatherless. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, uh, the, the new 
organizational effort. Um, the nonprofit is called Major League Dad and um, is really birthed out of a place where I worked in the pro-life world for the last uh, nine years um, mm-hmm. and really just kind of dealing with abortion-minded men, which in the pro-life world is kind of like this abstract thought of like the involvement of men. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think there's a lot to be said there. Um, in terms of that world and men not just making her make a decision, but men understanding their influence in the Mm -hmm. decision that's going to be made. So yeah, that takes a lot of understanding of who you are as, you know, as a man. So, um, so yeah, so that's what, um, a lot of major league dad deals with in this three prong approach of having a healthy view of fatherhood. If you get in this space of crisis pregnancy, um, what do you do? How do, how do you deal with this mm-hmm. and, and walking with guys and then this post-pregnancy support? So you have the baby. How do I change the diaper? What do I do? Um, or yeah. if you don't have uh, the baby, like you need somebody to walk with you yeah. at the time. So. I think with our culture, that is something that kind of gets extremely overlooked is it's the woman's right to choose and the woman's yeah. choice. It's like, where is the dad in, in that decision? So I yeah. think even bringing that to light kind of makes you think about things in a different way. Yeah, it's it's an accurate way to kind of illuminate it. Mm-hmm. And I think that's something that I um, enjoy in that in that space. So, yeah. yeah. Um, so tell us a little bit about what Major League Dad is going to do specifically. Yeah. I know you're just getting started. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, so yeah, Major League Dad looks to, to reach men, to give them a holistic view of fatherhood. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot um, in terms of you hear like men's ministry and, you know, biblical manhood, which is all entail of a father, but um, you can build all these things of being a man and then not necessarily have the best view of being a father. So mm-hmm. the specifics of Major League Dad is to give a healthy view of being a father. And yeah. how do we go about that? So that's pretty much the the pointed way of saying it, I guess. Yeah, yeah. And you're just getting started. Yeah, with the yeah, organization. Man, we're, so we're, <laughs> man, I can't even say we're like only like a month in in being like legal. <laughs> yeah. Um, from you know the IRS saying you're a legal organization. Yeah. So yeah, we're figuring it out. Yeah. So so talk a little bit how you went from the pro life. Like what work you were doing before and how God shifted. I know we talked about yeah. possibility of church planting and other options yeah. were coming up. So how did you land on like, this is my role for now and, and what God is doing? Yeah, man, because fatherless statistics overall that stretch across, you know, all races and things of that nature is mm-hmm. like, you know, that. A fatherless home is a fatherless home. Now you get into cultural differences and things of what that means, especially myself being an African American man, what that looks like, yeah. you know? Um, but you know, a, a son or a daughter walking without a dad, what does that mean? What does that look like? Mm-hmm. Or not a healthy, um, dad, which is kind of like my situation. Mm-hmm. So, um, that's kind of what I, I love. Just kind of walking through that. And I, I think that's us. That's such a testament to how the word tells us in James one twenty seven. Like, yeah. how do we care? You know, and just like we need to care deeply yeah. about that. Yeah. So. That's a good a good transition. I'll just jump right in. But this season, yeah. we're mm-hmm. talking about how the gospel equips us for this, like under our understanding of the gospel and God as father. Um, you know, that's a theme we see all throughout the Bible of taking yeah. care of people who are vulnerable. And so, how would you say um, belief in the gospel has equipped you to yeah. for what God's called you to do? 
Man, um, I would say a staple would be um, Romans 5, 8. Um, you know, just while we were still sinners, the mm-hmm. Lord still loved us enough, you know, to still have this plan of action of sending, you know, the Lord Jesus yeah. um, to save us. Like, that is, like, really? Like, <laughs> you, you, you love me? So yeah. just that thought of how that gets into every aspect of fatherhood um, yeah. being a father even if you didn't have a father what does that look like or if you had a father and he didn't treat you right what does that look like yeah. um so all of those you don't have to get cleaned up before we yeah uh, just 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 come on <laughs> come like, you on, know just yeah. the, the prodigal son type thought you know like yeah, yeah you smell like those pigs but <laughs> come on over here and give me a big hug and kiss so um so yeah yeah, yeah the yeah. aspect of it um, thinking about just the church, where do yeah. you think the church has done well in this area and where is there room yeah. for improvement or a need for a parachurch organization? Yeah. Um, so I would say, um, not to be overly critical, <laughs> but, um, I think one of the, the things that can be left out in terms of the church culture of fathers and it's more than just, you know, Hey boy, get up. We're going to church. <laughs> um, that's in, in essence, getting there is one thing, but I think to equip fathers that when you leave the church, mm-hmm. what does, you know, Monday, the rest of Sunday and then <laughs> Monday through Saturday look like? I feel like that's, that's the part where I feel like something like a, a major league dad comes in because we want to deal with emotional, mental, physical, you yeah. know, all that. And the it's real kinda, world, the rest yeah, of the week. Yeah. So it's kind of like past a, you know, hour and a half or depending the church you go to, you know, three yeah. hours. Um, but yeah, it's past well, cultural difference. Yeah, there, there. yeah, there you go. Yeah, slide it in there. Yeah. yeah. So um, I'm thinking about this idea of community. So it doesn't have to be with the church, but just how do you see a, a community surrounding, let's say a, a dad who's mm. a pre-dad or a current dad who's struggling? Like what's yeah. the value of community in, in this world? Oh man, the application um, so, it, well, let me back up. So, you know, we need the knowledge, but the application of that. And mm-hmm. so turning into wisdom, like you, whenever I get in a room of just older men, I literally, I just want to sit there and just listen because mm-hmm. you've just lived life longer than Soak me. it in. Yeah. So it's like, what can I take? What nugget can I have? Um, and I think that's important in terms of older men knowing, hey, we need you. <laughs> like, yeah. like I want to know, I want to grow, I want to be able to, you know, hear what you faced, what you went through. Um, and even in that, how the gospel applies. Yeah. Like, that's opportunities all the time to, like, disciple and walk with young men. So even yeah. men that aren't fathers yet, that's why I'm big on that, having a healthy view of fatherhood and then having a community where you can actually kind of experience that. Yeah. Like, that's huge. I think just through like even generational things I'm thinking about, like people my dad's age were told just to be the provider and that's how you're yeah. a good dad. And so um, I don't know if you have anything. I don't even know if that, where the real question is here, but just thinking through like you're obviously focusing more on younger men. Right. But like what does that look like for? It's not just making sure your kids get to church. It is a discipleship yeah. um, process like yeah. That's a big question, but like how what do you do yeah. with that communicating yeah. across generations? Oh man. Yeah, I think um like my my grandfather or you know um even my dad cuz he was a bit older when they had me. Um mm-hmm. I'm the baby. I'm the biggest, but I'm the baby. <laughs> so big baby. Um but yeah, just kind of thinking through they did the best they could with what they knew or mm-hmm. what they had and stuff like that. So taking that mentality into what do we see in front of us now? 
and just kind of like how do we grow with sons and daughters today and age and this time and all that kind of stuff and i feel like but the wisdom of how to like kind of set your eyes on certain things and hitting goals and all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. I do remember that like from my granddad and working with your hands and all that kind of stuff. That's cool. Um, But understanding the emotional stability of a guy is not like the emotional word for a guy. It's like, (laughs) dude, what are you doing? Um, But that's a real thing because God cares about that. Yeah. So yeah. So really kind of communicating both of those Mm -hmm. things as being true versus pinning one against the other um it's all gospel it's all true yeah we want to help shape that way so i think like as you're talking i'm already thinking of other questions but Uh like when you think of (laughs) (laughs) um major league dad like what are some ways you would partner i know you're looking for maybe church partnerships like Mm -hmm. how are what are some ways that you could work together with churches who had like minds and like hearts yeah um So that is one area in terms of specifically working with the church and like if a church has a men's ministry developed already, it's like those, those age groups coming together and being able to hash out and talk through certain things. Cause it's like, instead of just splitting the room up and you know, the older generation, you know, looking at the younger generation and y'all need to get it together. The younger generation is like, well, y'all don't tell us anything. So what are we supposed to do? So no, how do we figure that out? And I feel like that's where major league dad can come in, whether it's programming or whether it's just sitting down and talking about that, you know? And so, yeah. So the older people are teaching, but they're also learning from the younger generation too. Yeah, definitely. That's essential. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Well, something I kind of always ask um, every person that comes on the podcast is what are some words of advice? You know, you're, like you said, how many years Mm. into this idea of caring Mm. for vulnerable people or working with pregnancy resource centers? So what if you have someone who's like, hey, I'm interested in getting started? What would you tell them as a word of advice? (laughs) to by all means pray and make sure that the Lord is saying to do this. Um, but no, just to really think through um, the essence of what the gospel means in terms of how you walk it out. Um, I think as eloquent as we can put it, you know, in words and in messages and things of that nature, which is needed. Um, I think the emphasis of like, how do I actually live this um, can be tough and there's accountability that's needed to mm-hmm. actually say, man, because there's times where I was like, you know, this young, zealous, new Christian, like I'm killing the game right now. I'm like the best Christian out here. It's so you know humble too. Yeah, just, yeah, super <laughs> humble. Yeah. And it's like, no, I need somebody that's like, come here, young fella. Um, but I think that's the accountability, walking it out, understanding the growth process. And until the last tick of your heartbeat, you're growing, you're yeah. learning and Love just... That being faithful in that so that's the aim so that's your aim then you know each and every day is a process and we need to just be grateful for everything that he gives us yeah yeah. what about i'm gonna veer off our questions a little bit but i'd love for you to talk about maybe some people who were father figures to you and you mentioned not having maybe the best relationship with your dad but um who poured into you and kind of helped shape you who the lord was super gracious in giving me a lot of men that were able to. So one of my best friends, uh, Daryl Tapp, his dad, uh, Mr. Tapp, I would literally run from my home and go to his home. And I, I kind of figured he knew kind of what was going on and he never said a word. He just, (laughs) 
let me be a he let me be the the fourth brother because it was three <laughs> boys. So I just came in and jumped right in. So uh, Charles Tap, um, Mama Tap, uh, my coaches. Uh, mm-hmm. Steve Shankweiler, um, Skip Holtz, all these guys that were just like integral and in just making me critically think because yeah. I just was just out here <laughs> and I didn't really know what was going on. So those are just guys um, yeah. in my men in my life. You know. I mean, we do have to take a little side note to say, I think you're the first um, college football player and NFL. It. So I mean, I'll take it. If anybody's yeah. a little starstruck, I mean, Hey, Hey, you, you know, can sign hey, autographs or something like that's that. That's not happening. <laughs> um, but no, yeah, it was, that no, was that's awesome. That's just, a big part of my growth in terms of yeah. just, yeah. And not that you did it for a platform, but just the platform it gave you to oh, yeah. be an, a role model for young men. Yeah. I think that, I don't take that for granted. It's incredible. Yeah. While we are jumping around in this conversation, we need to hop back to you telling us a little bit more about your home life. (laughs) We were so excited to jump into the ministry, uh, but you didn't tell us about your family. Oh, yeah. So, oops. Um, (laughs) Been married for 13 years. Um, My beautiful wife, Venice. Um, is Denise with a V though. So uh-huh. Denise. So that's And you were saying you kind of knew pretty quickly that you wanted to marry yeah, this woman. Two months in. <laughs> so it's impressive. Uh, yeah. As when you know, you know. Yeah. So you just you just go with it. But um luckily we had a pastor who had some wisdom and he told <laughs> us, Hey, young fella and young lady. Um so we got married literally like within the year because he told us to wait a year. So we were just like right there on the brink. Um <laughs> But yeah, so 13 years and we have two beautiful daughters, 11 and four, uh, Soraya and Jordan. And I always thought that the Lord was just, he has a sense of humor. He gave this big old football player two girls that hang on to him all day, every day. And I love it. So yeah, yeah. you have a pretty lively house with an 11 and a four year old. Yeah, lots of, yeah, lots of everything. <laughs> um, flowers and, Things of that nature. Yeah. That daddy has to go to tea Pink. parties and oh yeah, it's, it's fun. <laughs> I, I love every minute of it. Yeah. yeah. Well, tell us a little bit. What do you like to do for fun? Maybe some hobbies. If you, yeah. I'm thinking Ooh. you might not have a lot of time for hobbies. Yeah. Not recently. <laughs> um, but I, I mean, I still love hitting the gym. It's like mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not a spring chicken anymore, <laughs> but I like to like kind of get in there and throw some weight around kind of thing. Yeah. So I love doing that. But, um, Honestly, just spending time with the girls, like going to watch them do gymnastics and, you know, swimming, whatever. That's like yeah. my Are my you the embarrassing, time. loud, cheering dad? I am definitely <laughs> that guy. So I plan on being that guy even more. There you go. There you go. Yeah. Um, I think, again, I'm, I'm jumping around here, but can you talk a little bit about your job bef- that you just left yeah. and how that um, kind of led you to make yeah. your dad? Yeah, that's a big part of it. Um, so working in the pro-life world um, for, man, almost nine years. So dealing with abortion-minded men. Um, and what that kind of means in the pro-life movement, where do men fit, where do men, like, how do you deal with a guy who, you know, if I'm, well, I was working at a pregnancy center, I was working for a national organization, uh, CareNet, and, and being able to do this, which I loved, but mm-hmm. um, sitting across from an abortion-minded man, like, hearing his story is what prompted a lot of Major League Dad, because there was so much stuff that he just didn't come into the, you know, the pregnancy center, I was like, she got to get rid of it. Just because there's a lot pre Mm -hmm. that's probably either happened or is happening that he just needs somebody to advocate for him and help Mm -hmm. him critically think through it. So that's kind of like the pre fatherhood. The now you're in the position, you know, like, oh, 
crap, we're here. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then just the thought of walking with this guy after, you know, if they chose to have the baby, like literally, how do I change a diaper? Mm-hmm. Um, like that's a real thing. So I know that pain. Like so. practically and emotionally yeah. oh, in other ways too, yeah. just to prepare them. Yeah. So, so many things that just kind of get swept under the rug yeah. for the guy. That's so. interesting because you don't think about pregnancy resource centers being resourceful for fathers. Yeah. <laughs> Which I guess that's, is. That's part of the <laughs> the part of what I was doing and I still love to do to bring awareness. It's yeah. like, hey, because yeah. uh, CareNet, they did this study. Um, with Lifeway, um, a while back, it was about five or six years, but now, but the main influence in her decision is the father of the baby. Mm-hmm. So if that's the case, then we need to spend some time with the father of the baby, yeah, you yeah. know, just in education. What does that look like emotionally? So it makes sense and yeah. it makes biblical sense as well. So, yeah. yeah. Are they, are most men receptive to meeting with you? Um, or just, I guess it depends on the situation. Yeah, but. They, they see a, you know, six to Big black guy walking towards him saying, hey, I want to meet with you and talk about your possible pregnancy. <laughs> but, like, yes, sir. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, I, you know, I kind of use the size. Um, but at the same time, it's like warming up to that. Um, a lot of the guys were receptive mm-hmm. just because whether they felt like it was just killing time while she was <laughs> yeah. seeing somebody or not. I'm I'm thinking that's like God ordained time to talk through this. So yeah. most guys were receptive. And you just had to kind of navigate the conversation. So, yeah. Yeah. I feel like it's kind of things I haven't really thought about before, but uh, if I haven't thought about it, probably other people haven't too. So it's good. Yes. Hey, Sarah Beth, we, yeah, that's what we're doing. You know, we're trying to raise awareness. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Yeah. So um, what do you feel like? I know you're just getting started with Major League Dad, but like, what is the hope? Let's yeah. say five years down the road, what mm. do you think? Major League yeah. Dad's going to be doing. Man, I would love to see, um, like this, this effort of really just like the Great Commission. So like Matthew twenty eight. So seeing disciples make disciples. Um, mm-hmm. I might not be using the Christianese of disciples making disciples to the guys, but I would love to see phenomenal fathers making phenomenal fathers. Yeah. So meeting with these guys, you know, walking with them, so that they now see the need. Like, hey. I need to go do this too and replicate, yeah. you know, that way. Um, I feel like that's, that would be a huge joy. Yeah. Spoken like a true visionary. That's a pretty big vision that oh, you have man. there. Huge. <laughs> that's like, that's really like the gospel to me changing <laughs> the world. Yeah. So, but yeah. 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 Um, so we have um, kind of a, a little bit of a variety of listeners. Mm-hmm. So what, what are some things maybe you could just kind of end us with a word of encouragement. These are people mm-hmm. who are, all across the spectrum with interested mm-hmm. in James one twenty seven. Um maybe yeah. give us a little pep like a locker room pep talk oh, for how man. they can keep up Ooh. keep on keeping on. Yeah, we're in the <laughs> tunnel. We're about to run out. Yeah. Um but yeah, I, man, every every single move counts. That's something that mm-hmm. like I've tried to walk in. So whether whether that That's move good. was something that you regret or it was great. Mm-hmm. You have to learn, like Paul talks about. You have to learn, like in in the greatness or in the 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 mud. You have to know that there's something to learn. As long as I'm walking with the Lord, so everything counts. So yeah. I, I don't I don't want to give anything. I don't want to just wash stuff away. Like no, there was a reason. So what was the reason? Yeah. And that keeps me 
in the word and it keeps me <laughs> on my knees praying. So yeah. um, just know that everything counts because it's worth it. Oh gosh, it's so worth it. That's so, good. Yeah. That's good. Just that last thing you said led me to one more thing. I'm going to try to land the plane soon, gotcha. but I would love for you to share a little bit about your own personal relationship with the Lord and how mm. you keep that a priority in the midst of your crazy life right yeah. now <laughs> and the importance of that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> man, I guess it's because things are crazy and, you know, just stuff can be weird. Um, if I don't like think of it from a standpoint of Lord, if you don't do it, it can't be done versus yeah. I try to do stuff in my own strength. Like, I don't want to be in that position and I yeah. want to, I want the Holy Spirit to help me recognize <laughs> if I am starting to walk in that, like, Oh, come on, big yeah. boy, scale it back. Yeah. And like, let's trust the Lord in these things. Yeah. So, yeah. You're don't, you're doing what you can do in your own strength now. So there's like a little yeah. bell that goes off in your head. <laughs> yeah. It's like, I want that bell to be as loud as possible so that yeah. I'm walking with the Lord yeah. in how he wants me to do things. So, That's yeah. good. I know we've, yeah. we met for a little while before we hit record, but I think yeah. that's a good word of wisdom is I I know when I'm operating in my own strength and mm. that's never my best work that no. I'm giving. Hey. So hey. You're right. I'm, I'm right there with you. So <laughs> don't want to be there if I can help it and yeah. recognize if I yeah. am in that space. So, yeah. yeah. Well, how can people find out about Major League Dad or if, if they want to yeah. contact you? What are some ways they can oh, reach out? Yeah. So, Go to the website, uh, majorleaddad.org. Um, you can uh, actually send an email uh, through that, uh, through the website as well. Okay. Um, so, but just to say it, it's G Freeman, G <laughs> F R E E M A N, at majorleaddad.org. Okay. Um, and then on social media, you know, Instagram, majorleaddad, um, Gary J. Freeman on Facebook, all that good stuff. Yeah. But, um, yeah, People will try to stalk you and see. And I doubt it. I, yeah, <laughs> we're, just, we're just out here trying to, to get it. So, yeah. yeah. Awesome. Okay. Well, we have show notes too. So we'll put that and some oh, other cool. things. Maybe yeah. we can find an old college picture of you playing football and could, put it yeah, in the show notes. Got a couple of those, you know, I could, I could send to you. So, we yeah. Can see. yeah. Well, thanks so much for your time. And uh, oh. I'm excited to see what God's going to do. Oh, thank you so much for having me. Love 127. Thanks so much for listening to this episode, and thanks for continuing to push play. I know this conversation was a little more relaxed and natural than some of the others. We were just having a great time, and I wanted to keep the conversation flowing or hopping. (laughs) I think it fit our personalities really well. Don't forget to check out our show notes at 127worldwide.org forward slash simply 127. And if you have any ideas for potential future guests, let us know. We always are looking for people who are just tangibly living out James 127 in small or big ways, and we would love to expand our network. Thanks so much and have a great day. 